Welcome to another episode of the Dizzy Vibes podcast. Lots of things have happened this week, and we're ready to talk to you about the most recent episode of Bot Oinu. But before we get down to covering what happened in Bolum 7, we need to talk about so much that has just been happening with iTouch, with Gemray, and with that birthday. That, okay, first of all, happy birthday, iTouch. We didn't say happy birthday to him the last episode, but we did wish him a happy birthday on Twitter on the day of his birthday. So again, happy 23rd birthday to iTouch. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> I know Blink-182 says nobody likes you when you're 23, but we love you. We love you. But also, we love Gemray just as much because everybody was freaking out on the TL. Because we're saying, like, is she going to drop anything? Is she going to post anything for iTouch's birthday? Because this girl always posts stuff. She always gives us content. And we were getting down to the last wire, and we were losing hope. But I just want to say that our girl, Jamray, came through and served us the best content. And what was it, Ray Ray? She got him a birthday cake, and it was a family photo, and it was them together just smiling on the grass and sitting down. And it was the most adorable thing ever. It was so good. And everybody freaked out. Everybody went crazy. I was screaming so much. I couldn't believe it. It was just so emotional and beautiful. And that video that came out of iTouch being surprised while he was recording was just, it was amazing. I'm watching it now and I'm just like, and there's Alif standing in the background getting, I don't know her real name, the actress, but standing in the background also getting excited. And, and Jamre is so cute, just supporting him. And it's just, it's the cutest thing ever. And they're, I am a hardcore iGem shipper and I just, I have hope that the ship is going to sail. I feel like if I put enough Twitter vibes into it, it will sail if I manifest it. Well, look, this is all I'm going to say. I went back and I counted how long they hugged for because I'm, I'm, I'm weird like that. And I counted and it was seven seconds. And then he hugged the director. That was four seconds. And then he hugged the actress that plays Tukche. And that was the quickest hug. It was like three seconds tops. So in conclusion, seven second hugs mean love. Yes, seven seconds in heaven. And something else also came out this week, which was the B-Man photo shoot. Oh my God. Photo shoot, yes. Those pictures. Go ahead, Barney. No, no, go, go. No, you need to say it. I'm just going to say he looked bomb AF. This man looks so good. Like that that title, B-Man, like boy, look like a freaking man. Like he looked so good. And yeah, I didn't really like like the cover photo just because of the sailor hat. I, I was seeing people call him like Popeye, which, okay, I do see, you know, Popeye. You know what? Um, he, can, he can toot our horn any day. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, no, I like I'm... the hat. It kind of gave me like some nostalgia vibes. I like of... the green the green outfit the best. It's just, Ooh, like, yeah. it's just like a classic cut look. Oh my God. And the jeans look. I just saw that. I mean, why? He doesn't even need the sherry. He can just take it off. Girls, imagine when iTouch and Gemray do, like, another photo shoot together. Because they serve. The last photo shoot that they did was one of the best photo shoots I've ever seen of a Dizzy couple. Imagine the next one if they get another one. They serve so well in those photo shoots. And they come out with the best photos. I love it so much. And, like, they have just so much chemistry together. Even, like, like it not only comes through within their Dizzy's. It also comes through within their photos, too. 
they were quick to get a photo shoot from the start. They were yeah, really quick to get that photo I, shoot. On Canal D, I think they probably are putting a lot of work into promoting them, which I ain't about one bit because it's serving us with so much content. So, guys, did we miss anything else this week or can we jump straight into the episode? I think we can jump right in because, not going to lie, listeners and girls, it was a rough, depressing episode with some laughs. So we hope this episode will also make you guys laugh and bring maybe a smile on your face. Yes, this episode was really heartbreaking, but we did have some really cute moments. So we started episode seven with the immigration man, Uncle, how do you say his name, Ray Ray? Jalal. Gerard, we start, yeah, thank you. So we started with Uncle Gerard showing up to the company and Ada freaks out and she's like, oh my God, it's, it's Uncle Gerard. She like grabs him and she hugs him. And this man is super confused. Bora's even more confused. He has no idea why Ada would know an immigration officer. And that's when Ada tells Bora that that's the immigration officer that worked with Celine. So Ali comes and Bora's like, oh, my God, I need to get Ali away from talking to Uncle Gerard because I don't want him to know that this is a that Celine was married. So he takes Ali away and then Ada now has to deal with Uncle Gerard and Uncle Gerard is confused. He has no idea what's going on. He doesn't know who Celine is and he keeps asking Ada, who is Celine? Like, why would I know a girl named Celine? And that's when Ada tells him that the reason why she the reason why nobody knows that she's married is because Bora is the type of boss that is very strict and he is firmly against office romances. And if Bora were to have found out that Ada and Ruzgar are married, he would have never hired Ada. So then that's when Uncle Jalal's like, oh, okay, I understand. So he, he did understand. Like he bought the lie. He believes what Ada is saying is the truth. And I just love how Bora is now starting to get into her shenanigans. Like, he just goes along with whatever Ada says. Yeah. When he had to, like, when she had to go downstairs to talk to Celine, he, like, went to go. Um, He was like, what am I getting myself into, basically? I think he's kind of said when he had to go back to talk to Uncle Jay. So then Ada has to go downstairs. And she asks Bora, she goes, can you please stay with him? Please keep him up here so that he doesn't see Celine downstairs. So Bora's like, fine, like, I'll do it. He does. This man really doesn't want to do it. He wants nothing to do with this. And he even tells Ada, you need to tell Celine to tell Ali already. Like, this is too much. And you could just see in Ada's face, like, just how stressed out this girl is. And that's when Uncle Jay and Bora just have this conversation. And we get the jealous Bora that we love. It was so cute. He Basically, uh, Jalal was like, Ada, so beautiful, so young, and yet so single. And she, he's, like, sitting there, too, and Ada's horn, when, and Jalal thinks he's really trying to, like, loosen Bora's heart to the idea of people in his office being buried. And just, like, the look on Bora's face is such pure jealousy. Like, just the thought of Ada being with someone else gets to Bora. So, like, it hits him so hard. He's just a very jealous man and a little bit, like, hey, this is mine. And he's starting to, like, get with, like, that with Ada. And I, and I love it. No, I was just going to say, like, I think jealousy looks good on, on men in a sweet way sometimes. It's not in a possessive way. It's, you know, in a I really care about you way. Chef's kiss. It is so good. And I touch does those jealousy scenes so well. And then he's just like imagining 
Ada being with someone that's not him. And it isn't like it is just bothering him so much. And Uncle Jay thinks he's like, oh, okay. I'm kind of like how Ray was saying, like, I'm kind of like loosening him up to the idea of Ada getting married and Ada meeting a man at the office and trying to get Bora on board with that idea. And Bora's just like, he's like, what do you want to say? Just say it. Just say, it. what do you want to say? Who do you think would look good with Ada? And he's just getting really jealous. And we love to see it. I would just say, I love this look on him so much. It's like, like out of all the summer dizzies, I love to see, like, I love to see Bora being the one jealous. Because he does it, he does it so well. Agreed. So then we cut to Ada and Celine having a conversation on top of the, on, on top of the company's roof. And Ada's telling Celine that she just feels really guilty about lying to Bora and then having to say even more lies on top of more lies. And it's becoming this huge mess. So she tells Celine, like, I can't continue lying to him. Like all, all of these lies are just eating away at her. And on top of that, now Celine is in these lives with her. So it's not only affecting her life, but it's affecting the lives of those she's, she cares about. So she, she comes up with the idea, you know what? I can't continue doing this. I have to quit my job. Yeah, and honestly, I think some might see it as Ada taking the coward's way out. But honestly, the way I see it is like, hey, she's not prepared to tell Bora yet because she knows what's going to happen when she tells Bora. But she also doesn't want to continue lying to him. So she's taking she's so she's taking some time to just like I think she's taking the honorable way out. Yes, she wants to like clean up her mess prior to like telling up telling Bora all what has happened, I feel. She wants to, you know, you know, end it with Ruzgard, um, find out her story of how to explain it and just I think just be in an open mindset and she can't be in an open mindset when she's in that office with Bora because it just keeps adding up but the thing I find hilarious is like Ada babe you do realize you're currently living with him right it's gonna be like an awkward drive home together <laughs> I didn't exactly even, I did not even think about that it's it's like when she goes back home and she had just quit her job when she goes back to Bora's house and she had just quit her job and she's like babe you do realize you're still living there right what was the point of quitting your job well, that's probably what she, like, wanted to, like, clear up. She wanted, you know, because she had to get Ruzgard out of the house first so that her aunts then could move. So she probably was like, okay, this is my one step. If I quit my job, I can tell Ruzgard, you know, you you got to go. And then the aunts could move back and then she'd be clear some more. Yeah, I see what you, I see what you mean, like, that, but I just still think it's funny that, like, she had quit her job in the same day. She see, they see each other at their house. But she doesn't exactly quit right away because... She goes to his office after talking to Celine and she's trying to tell Bora that she wants to quit her job. But he tells her whatever it is that you need to tell me that's important that can wait because you need to get ready because we're going to go to your university because he's going to give a speech there. And she's saying whatever she can to get out of going because everybody is under the impression that Ada has graduated from university and she hasn't. And she knows that if she goes to the university, it's just going to be more lies. She's probably going to see professors that she used to know. And it's just going to make an even bigger mess for her. So she tells Bora that she has a toothache. He doesn't believe her. And they have to end up going. Or she has to accompany him to the university. So okay. they go to the university and they stop by the courtyard where they see people like college students singing and such. And I don't remember. Can you remind Marnie, Marnie, what did Bora say like prior to stopping? Or in, in the moment when they were walking in the courtyard. Oh, that's Ray Ray loves this part. 
Yes, so basically Bora is being such a cutie patootie mentor for Ada and just like this is like true that's like a true couple right there because they're trying to bring out the best in each other and Bora's trying to bring out the best Reiner and Ada and he's like Ada each one of these people has their own stories you just write their stories for them like make up make up descriptions for them and so she goes around Bora does Bora does one and Ada does one and then Bora goes and sees this guy with his guitar and Marnie loves this scene I love that scene because he sang my panties off. And I think every other girl that was listening and watching, I touched thing to Jemray, even though, okay, oh my God, they're not Jemray and I touch Bora and, and Ada. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Anytime that I see any guy singing on any rom-com or any romance, like anything, I cringe. I'm not someone who really likes that. But somehow I was completely swooning over this scene. Like I could not look away. I loved it. And then they had that montage of them, like, you know, in their little moments together. And it was just so cute. And and Ada was just looking at him so happy. But then I think like she had a moment of being completely like over the moon over this man singing to her. But then it also hit her with that realization that's like all these things that she has been doing are lies and Oh my, it was just, it was beautiful, but it was heartbreaking at the same time. Yes, I, I agree with that because she kind of realizes that this is, she's getting this experience, but she never like, I feel like she thinks she doesn't deserve to be there, which is not true, but you kind of feel for her because she, she has those regrets that she, she never finished her college degree and just being, just being at the university just made, would make it so much worse. So in true Jizzy rom-com, after Borobay plays the guitar and sings. A girl starts flirting with Borobay and saying, Oh, do you teach lessons? Well, Ada does not like that and almost attacks the girl with the, the guitar, but then snaps out of it um, as it was just a dream and says that she could teach her. Is that right? She was like, Oh, I can teach you. Wait, yeah, she's like, she, Yeah, she's like, I play really good. I could teach you if you want. <laughs> So then we get to Ada and Bora walking around in one of the building's hallways. And Bora just has like this huge smile on his face. And then Ada spots one of her old professors. And she does not want this old professor to see her because like we said earlier, Ada lied about graduating. And she doesn't want any of her old professors to see her because they're probably going to mention that. And Bora's with her. I don't even know like the type of sound she makes. But she freaks out when she sees her old professor and she runs and she hides behind Bora and she just like holds him in place in front of her. And he's like, what are you doing out? Like, what are you doing? He's like so weirded out. And then her excuse is that the reason why she did that was because he had a wrinkle in the back of his suit jacket. But honestly, I feel for Ada, even without that reason, if I saw any of my old professors at my university, I would do the same thing. They all hated me. I don't know why. If I could even <laughs> remember some of my professors. I, just like a little off topic, my college was very small. The entire, so I have a business degree. The entire business school was one hallway in this one building. Like everyone knew everyone. So I would have done the same thing, just went and just went and hid. No, that's, that's interesting. I did not know that, Ray Ray. Sorry, someone take it from me. Okay, so then they walk into the auditorium, correct? Yes. So Bora says, go sit down. She goes, sit down. He goes to the po or he goes to sit down. They introduce Bora. Um, and so 
Bora starts speaking and he starts speaking as he basically says that um, someone is in here who has chased her dreams more than anyone in this room. And Odd is like looking around and like, oh, that's so cool. Like, who is she? Or who is this person? And um, he surprises her by calling her name, which she is shocked. So Ada gets up on the podium and he whispers in her ear, hey, can I have that pen I gave you? She gives him the pen. He goes back to sit down because there was like a, what's it called? There were like people sitting on the stage. And he goes sits down and she is talking. And I bet you girls had a moment because of Bora's look at Ada. He looks so proud of her. He looks... Like a proud hubby, like seeing his wifey there giving a speech about dreams. And he's just, I, I love his, just the way he looks at her so much. And it's like, yes, like Marnie said before, Ada is finally getting the love and attention that she deserves. And also like Ada had no idea that she was going to be giving a speech. Like the only one who was supposed to, who was scheduled to give a speech was Bora. And he did. But then he was like, you know what, who better to add to this speech than someone who has someone who's true to that to following their dreams and doing whatever it takes to achieve that and when she's up there she's so nervous that she doesn't even start talking right away she's just like looking at the crowd and and bora looks at the crowd he's like can we have a round of applause for her and they all start clapping for her and she like looks at him and she gives him like a small shy smile and then that's when her confidence like enters her it's like she knows Bora believes in her so much and it just gave her that confidence that she needed. So she's talking about following your dreams and not letting anybody take that away from you and doing what you, you know, fighting for your dreams. And at the end of her speech, when Bora's clapping for her and just giving her like this look of just pure love and she's looking at him just just ecstatic. It is such a beautiful scene. So while she's giving her speech, he has the pen and he decides to write her full name onto his card. So he like turns the card over and starts writing his name, her name. And then he goes over back to the podium to put her name there. So like people can remember her name. That pen has become their lucky charm. It's his lucky charm. It's her lucky charm. They're each other's lucky charm. And that pen will be the, will be the only symbolism I need in the show. That is so not fair. Like they're each other's lucky charms. And all I have is a freaking cereal lucky charms. That's all I got. <laughs> I got I got no no Bora lucky charm for me right now. And it's not fair. I'm not happy. Even if I had a lucky charm, it wouldn't work. All the negative vibes would just cancel it out. Oh my god. Oh my god. Do I have a lucky charm? Me. I, yes, my wifey. Me. You're my you're my lucky charm. Yes. But then what did okay, what was the reason? What was the reason? When she's done giving the speech, he's leading her off the stage and he has his arms wrapped around well, his arm wrapped around her shoulder. I literally and freaked out. It was so cute. And she's like, she's looking up at him and she's like, did I do good? Did I say anything dumb? He's like, no, you did perfect. He's like, I'm so proud of you. And they're sharing this look. Oh my God, I can't. It's like the way, honestly, these two summer diseases that were covering Ashkmatic and Takamimpat, all you knew. That the main the main leads are already so married from the first episode. It's not even like an enemies to lover story. It's just like marriage to getting marriage on paper story. Wedding <laughs> vibes for sure. It's already they're already married. We don't we don't need to wait to the finale for them to get married. They're already married. They are. They're so I don't married. Have the already. patience to wait for the finale. I know you don't want to think about a finale for these shows. Yeah, that's already gonna make me cry. No one on the podcast wants to listen to me cry for a good ten minutes. 
well, save your tears because we still have a lot more to go. So <laughs> with that, um, they get off the stage and some people surround her and they're like a girl comes up and she says, oh, what year did you graduate? Correct. She comes up to tell Ada that she loved her speech and uh, she's like, oh, what year did you? Yeah, that's when she, yeah, that's when she tells her like, what year did you graduate? And I was and, like, oh, 2011, 2012. Yeah. And the girl's like, oh, that was when my sister graduated. You probably remembered her and like said her name. And uh, Bora's like looking at her and Ada trying to. Oh, no. She says, hey, we should go look at photos of you guys together in the yearbook or something to that effect. And Bora's like, yeah. And Ada's like, oh, I had to make up a little fib saying, oh, I was sick that day. I wasn't at the photos kind of thing. Um and because there are no photos there are no no photos photos. she hasn't graduated has not graduated she knows that if anybody goes to look through that yearbook they're not going to see her and this is where ada's mood completely like she went from over the moon to completely down because this is where reality set back in for her where she's like i just lied to a whole audience of college students they all think that i'm someone who's followed their their dreams when I didn't I left my dream and not only that like I'm not a college graduate and her mood is just completely down and then they, that's when they go into what was it Ali like the cock what would you say it was the, cocktail the courtyard party? Uh, oh yeah the cocktail party apologies and we go yeah. into the, we go into the cocktail party and basically Ada's not in a great mood and Bora's like feeling like feeling that and Bora's like, what's wrong, Ada? What's wrong, Ada? And you see it like it's on the tip of her tongue that Ada's about to tell him, but some a woman comes up to like steal Bora Bay for a second, just introduce him to some people. Kind of Ada's like overcome with emotion and she just needs to get out of there. And she gets out of there and she runs into her old, I was about to say English professor, but obviously this is Turkish. Um <laughs> she runs into her Turkish professor and basically she the t- professor's like hey i'm sorry to hear that you dropped out of school it's like you were a really amazing and talented writer and what she tells them she's like i guess your dream was to get married are you happy with your decision because that's what matters and one thing that the professor says that really hit home with me is that you know ada i used to leave your papers until last because they were always such a joy to read i was like wow ada I wish like never had that feeling before. My prof- my teachers used to use my papers as a bad example on reading them. <laughs> I doubt that, Ray. You're so hard on yourself. No, it's true. Uh, like, well, like it wasn't. I remember this specifically. It was sixth grade. My teacher's like, "I'm going to read you out a good example of an essay, and I want to read you out a bad example of an essay." And she read mine out loud. <laughs> that is horrible. She the, that teacher should have not worded it like that. She literally she had something against me. This is the way she talked to me versus other students. It was she had something against me. Anyway, anyway, that's for my therapy session. Oh my god. <laughs> um, what stuck out with me is what the professor said said that you still have a chance. And that was kind of just like Otta, this I hope I hoped it would have been like, Yeah, I still have a chance. But I think it kind of hit Otta in a wrong way rather than a positive way. Because you see, following she starts crying um behind a pillar and breaking down. And that's where I thought it would have taken. I thought it would have taken it in like a great way, but as like I said, Ada took it in a negative way, or sh- not in a negative way, but it didn't hit right with her. Right? I think she probably thought like, "What if?" I think yes. if I was Ada, I would have been like, "Man, like, what if I would have stayed? What would my life have been like right now at this very moment? Would I have become 
the dream self that I've always envisioned. And I think like all of these overwhelming feelings, being back at the university that she dropped out of, having her professor tell her, well, I guess you left one dream for another dream, which was to get married. And she's like, well, as long as you're happy, that's what matters, right? Like you're happy, Ada. And then Ada just like looked at her. She's like, yeah, I'm happy. And Ada's anything but happy. And then the events of what's been going on in the last few weeks, all of the lies, the fact that her her marriage was all a sham, uh, this man never truly loved her. Everything just came crashing down on her and she just she just broke. Yeah, and it's that I know you guys already said this, but just like the over I couldn't believe her like that. I know personally for me like I'm when I feel like a sense of regret, it weighs heavily on my heart until I rectify it. And I think that's why what Ali mentioned earlier, she's like, she needs to take some time to rectify it so she doesn't have that feeling of regret anymore. And I think that's what she decides in that moment um, because moving back to the cocktail party, Bora runs into um, Ada's old professor and Bora's like, oh, let me get Ada. You know, she's your old student. She, you know, she's here. And the professor is confused because um, she knows that Ada didn't graduate, but she goes along with it and doesn't say the truth. Um after that, then um, Bora leaves the cocktail party after he talks to the professor and finds Ada, and they start arguing. Um, and Ada tells Bora in that moment she quits and storms off, which I'm surprised she. I didn't think she was going to leave right there. I was surprised. I thought um, she made a. She might have like had that discussion back at the office. Um, so I was really surprised that she decided to leave right then and there. I think it was it was because Bora kept ask like Bora was so concerned for her. he's he's like what's wrong like why are you crying he's like what's going on like something's wrong tell me like I'll listen to you she's like no like she's like stop like there's nothing um and that's when she gets really upset with him because she doesn't want to have to tell him the truth she doesn't know how he's going to react to it she just wants to get out of there all of the all of these all of this guilt is eating at her so of course it's going to put her in not the best mood and Poor Bora is just trying to get through to her, trying to be like, I'm here. I'll listen. Something's wrong. He's like, I left you for five minutes. And he's like, something happened. Like, what happened? And she and she's like, no, like, I'm, I quit. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to work in your company anymore. He's like, why won't you, why don't you want to work at the company? Like, this is your dream. Like, becoming a writer is your dream. And she's like, no, I quit. And he's like, and he tells her, he's like, Ada, don't be silly. Something happened. Tell me what happened. And that's when she storms off and her face, like when she leaves and it like, it shows her face. She's just, she's crying. And I was like, in my head, I was like, Bora, please, please run after her, please. But I, tr I truly believe that he wasn't because I was like, no, like this is a DZ guy. It's a DZ main guy. He's not going to run after her, but I will never doubt Bora again because he is so different from all of these DZ male leads that I have seen because this man goes after her he goes after her beads up in front of the bus she's taken cuts in front of the bus and he's like ada what the hell what is going on here bora bay hits different he has something special about him where it's just i don't know how to describe it it's just there's something about him that hits different than like other dc men because he doesn't sit around and wait for something to get resolved on its own for five episodes he goes and he's, he's like, F it. I'm going to go and resolve this myself. He goes and drives in front of that car, in front of that bus. He tells Ada, Ada, let's go. Normally what it is, it's like, from what I've seen, the DZ males do that. Like, they take an action like that after they think that the the girl is going to, like, completely leave their life. Like, forever. 
Bora knows he's going to see her again at his house. Like she's living there with her aunts. He knows he's going to see her. He knew that he could have just gone to the home and he could have just talked to her there. But that's not Bora. Bora is the type of man that he's going to try to solve the situation then and there. And he's not going to just sit by and let a miscommunication stay a miscommunication. He's trying to fully see what's going on with Ada. He's trying to be there for her and support her. And I absolutely love that he drove to that bus and he stopped it. And he was like telling Ada, he's like, okay, like get in the car. And, and Ada's just looking at him. He's like, Ada, get in the car. And she's like, don't yell at me. Oh my God. And I was just like, yes, they're married. They keep being married. And one thing I want to commend during the scene that I kind of appreciate that was added is the bus drivers asking, hey, Ada, is like everything okay? Is everything mm -hmm. okay? And I think that's very important just in general because to this bus driver, Bora is like a, could be a complete stranger, can be a, a complete psycho. And he was keep, kept checking on Ada to make sure he's okay. I was like, yes, there needs to be more men like that in the world. Yes, more men like the bus driver and more men like Bora. Hell yeah. Most definitely. And she gets in the car and what is stuck or what can she not do in the car? Seatbelt comes through in a rom-com dizzy, as we know. So they have a moment where their faces are super close together. Yeah, they, they share that moment. She can't she can't unclasp the seatbelt and Bora leans in to help her and they have that moment and they're just looking at each other and they're mere inches from each other. And Bora pulls away and Ada is about to leave, but he likes tells her what happened, what changed. She's like, let that stay with me. He keeps asking her what's wrong. Like he, like he will be there for her. She just needs to be honest with him. But I feel like even though, yes, he's telling her like what's going on, what happened, like, tell me, I'll, I'll listen to you. Like, I feel like maybe, I don't know if he could like word it differently to maybe have her be more comfortable explaining what's going on because I think the reason why she isn't telling him the full truth at least the university part is because she's terrified of how he's going to see her after it exactly I think you're right because right now Ada knows that Bora sees her as a person like he believes so much in her and he thinks like the highest of highs of her and she also she, she doesn't want to ruin that she doesn't want to ruin his image of her she wants to she wants to tell him she does, but she's terrified that, like you said, Ray Ray, that image that he perceives Ada to be is going to be completely shattered once he knows about the university thing. And especially once he knows that she is married to Ruzgar. But when she's trying to open like the car door, I guess he has child lock or something and she can't open it for Elif. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, maybe maybe that's why he had child lock child lock on because she can't open the door. And then that's when she's like, "Can you open it?" I don't know who it was. I saw somewhere on the TL like someone made a reference to this, like they made a post about this, and it was that maybe that because okay, Ada's like, "I can't open it," and he's like, "What can't you open?" It's like, <gasps> what did he mean by what can't like do like? Because obviously, like, you're in a car, like, oh, what can I open the freaking microwave door? Like, no, you're in a car, you can't open the door. He knows she couldn't open it. But he asked her, what can't you open? So did she, was he saying like, you can't open yourself to me? Oh, my God. That's what That's I read. Deep. I don't know who put that. But if anybody has seen that post, send it to us because I, I don't know if I liked it. But I just read it. And I was just like, wow, like, I didn't even think about that. Like, maybe that's what Bora meant. Because then he like is looking at her 
and he has tears in his eyes and then he reluctantly um disables child lock and she gets out of the car and he has he still stays there and he's like dude this man is about to like full-on break down and i'm already breaking down and then he leaves and ada just that then ada breaks ada just starts crying so in a quick kind of and i just wanted to say that the person who made that twitter post was andrea at geke person thank you andrea that's an amazing that's an amazing tweet yes thank you so Celine Sal- comes and comforts Ada. Um, she's such a really good friend, like accepting to lie and do all this stuff. I guess that's what a best friend is. They'll do anything for you, no matter what, like no questions asked. Um, unfortunately, Ada breaks down some more, which is really heartbreaking because she's like, I destroy everything I touch. Borbe, family, you. And I, I like how Celine's probably like, you're not destroying me. Um, I would take a bullet for you. You're my best friend. I think that's a little dramatic, but what I, you know what I mean? Like if someone said that to me, I was like, you're not just, you're not destroying me. I just, I want the best for you. And then she goes into what happened. She tells Ada, she tells Celine what basically happened that made her, you know, break down and, and do the things she did basically, which was quit. Well, she, she told Celine she, um, and this is, and I thought this quote by Ada was really powerful because this is what really broke her was the fact that she is, Ada sees herself as the biggest hypocrite because she just got up in front of these college students and she was telling them to follow their dreams. And she felt like a professional, a professional liar because of that, because she was saying like, she she was telling Celine, like, I wanted to scream at them and tell them to follow their dreams so that they wouldn't end up like me to follow their dreams and that no matter what, not even if family is against it, that you'll fight for your dream. And then that's when she broke down again, because it's like, this is all so much for her because Ada has become a person who is so far removed from who Ada is. This is not true to her character at all. And it is, it's breaking this girl so much. Yeah, she's kind of just gotten into like a web of lies and she's trying to find any way to get out of it. So while that's occurring, um, the camp we flash to um, Bora and Ollie and Ollie just tells Bora to meet him at the courts. Um, the basketball courts and then w- while they're there basically Bor is venting to ollie about Ada and that he's just frustrated and confused he doesn't get it he says i left her alone for five minutes and i see her and she's crying and she tells me she wants to quit you know you could just see like poor ollie just wants to make one shot and Bor keeps asking for the ball <laughs> i was laughing so much at that part because you po- i mean yeah Bor's venting him and he's so frustrated and Ali's like, oh, okay, bro. And he gives him the, the basketball. Bora shoots a ball. Ali's about to make, like, to shoot a basket. And then Bora's like, no, no. He's like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. And Ali's like, dude, okay. And this poor guy just wants to make a, a basket. Poor guy. I've been there before when it's just like, can I play too? <laughs> and then Bora just basically says, I believe in her. I believe in her words and her writing. I even gave her my pen. She tore up the check all for what? What happened? What has changed? He's very fixated on this. I think I think Ollie's probably thinking like, didn't you just say you don't like her? Like he's probably like, oh, so you don't like her? But he like knows his best friends or his cousin so well. Oh, Ollie definitely knows that Bora loves her, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I know. But like Bora's trying to play it off that she, you know, probably to him that he he doesn't. I could just imagine when Bora finally they just Bora and Ada finally get together, and Ollie's like, see, I told you so. I would I would do that if I was Ollie. And I feel like Ali's character is the type to do that. And I can't wait for it. (laughs) 
So we flash forward to Borabe's house. I have no idea what his last name is, so it's going to be called the Borabe house. And Aunt Yasumi finds a pregnancy stick in the bathroom in her nosy self, and she automatically thinks it's Aunt Nergis. And she te- and she just goes and tells Aslan that Nergis is pregnant, and Aslan passes out. And w- another thing, when we flash forward also to Razgar calling Ada to tell her the immigration guy is going to come over and that she needs to come, Ada tells him to just deal with it. Uh, yeah, deal with it. She- he tells him she's like you're gonna deal with it alone like you made me deal with it alone when he came to the company yes as she yes. should and now the immigration dude uh jalal bay shows up at the office and his is like okay now i have to deal with him and so then we go back to ada and bora playing basketball pure bliss of a scene i loved it so much the angst the tension it was just Nothing more I could ask for a rom-com dizzy. I could seriously watch Ada and Bora play basketball for a full episode and be completely entertained and then rewatch it again with subtitles. Like I sit through it, watch it because it was so good. Like, oh my God, that scene was just so good. It was so hot. Like that tension, that chemistry, like keep giving it to us. Ada is so cute when she's making those, like anytime she like loses a basket, she's like... And I was like, you're such an adorable cinnamon roll. And his face, like, because when, because it's, um, Ali invites Celine to go. And Celine's like, oh, okay, well, Ada's with me, so Ada's going to come too. And Bora has no idea that they're going to show up. And they do. And um, Celine and Ali are like, oh, okay, let's get into teams. Ali's like, Celine will be in my team. Bora's like, nope, no, I, I want Celine in my team. I don't want Ada in my team. And Ada, Gets her feelings hurt, of course, but Celine, as the good best friend she is, she tells her, like, no, Ada, like, come on, like, he's upset, like, just, you know, cut him, cut him some break, like, he just, you know, you just quit, um, he's obviously hurt, Ada's like, fine, like, I'll stay, and then that's when they go change into, like, their, their, workout clothes, yeah, workout clothes, thank you, and Bora sees Ada, and he, like, does a double take, and this man, she's, like, fully clothed. I know he does, but she's fully clothed. No, she's wearing like a uh, one of those like um, little jackets with the sports bra. Okay, but she's cut. I like I like she. I'm just saying like she was fully clothed, but he's like that's what I'm saying. Like she can be fully clothed and he's still obsessed with her. Yeah, yeah, mesmerized. Um, she looks beautiful just, too. She does. She's always looking beautiful. But can I just mention like why is it always the best friend that finds love before the main characters? I think the only exception I've seen that is Sek, where the best friends didn't find love prior to the main couple. Cause like uh, uh, Celine and Ali, you know what it is, is because you need that best friend to fall in love with the main DZ male leads, best friend or cousin. That way those two bring the main couple together. It has to be done. It has to be like that. So I'm guessing that was missing an SDK, but we won't talk about that. Oh God. <laughs> we don't, let's not even go. Let's not talk about Malo right now. Cause May, oh, my heart for Malo. Yes. Um. So the because Ada and Bora are having their own little world. Um. Ali and Celine decide to leave. Um. To, I guess go get something to eat and such. And um, they continue to play and they stop playing. Correct. Is any quote said during the time they were playing? Because they kind of well, were just going back and forth. I think something big that was said during their basketball scene was. Bora tells her, so what are you going to do now that you're not, you know, that you quit? And she's like, well, I'm going to get another job. 
and he's like oh do you want me to write you a letter of recommendation she's like no i don't need that from you like i'm fine <laughs> she's like and when once my apartment is like there's no more insects in her apartment because that's like her that's another lie of Otta's, is that her apartment is being fumigated but it's actually not rosgar is at her apartment so she tells him once my apartment is fine i'm gonna leave your house and he stops playing basketball and he looks at her he's like what about elif i loved what she said like she's like elif is my friend she's like i'm never gonna leave her and that like makes that that puts bora at ease they're making it really hard for me not to stick to my theory I, I still believe in that theory in one way, shape, or form. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I think that Sea of Theory is going to get manifested. I know it can't get manifested in the way that we talked, that you talked about, but some, like, they're going to be related in one shape or form. But one thing that just really, you know, when he's like, what about Aleph? And you, Bora doesn't want her to leave his house because they're married and they have to live in the same house. And when he really says, what about Aleph? You know, he really means, what about me? You could just, like, his face when he's just like, what about, he really probably meant just like, what about me? But it was just using Elephus. Yeah, he probably thought was, like, her, her, his hope for, like, oh, she can stay at the house. But when she was so adamant, he was probably like, oh, no. He doesn't want her to leave his house. I'm I'm probably going to start crying for a Turkish Jesse. But it's, he just, like, anytime his eyes get red and he gets serious and, like, worried, it just, it breaks my heart. I don't know why that his sadness hits different for me. Because I touch delivers his facial expressions. Like he is so um, in control of what emotion he portrays. And he really pulls at the audience heartstrings. He literally, his eyes get so red when he's like, when he, like, when Bora is supposed to be sad, be like, buddy, I can't with you. I'm going to be out there crying with you. Uh, do you want to say anything else about the basketball scene? Um, no, no. I think I've broken down enough. <laughs> well we just flash forward to Ruzgard and uncle jay's conversation back at the apartment and the uncle jay knows something's up but he says he tells Ruzgard that he thought that Ruzgard was using ada at first hmm shocker and the skunk had the decency to say no i love my wife so much i'm gonna kill him dude when he said that because yeah because like what ali's saying is exactly like Uncle Jay was like, he's like, man, I really, he's like, you know, at first I had my doubts about you. I was sure that you were using Ada. And then Rosier's like, oh no, like I am so in love with her. She is my wife. I love her so much. And that's when like Rosgar's like, dude, I need to do something. Like I know like his dumb butt mouth is going to get him into even more, more of a mess. So he knows he needs to do something. So because he's a skunk, he spikes Uncle Jay's drink. He spiked it with some Mardine tea. <laughs> That's my theory. Oh, the tea. He, oh, man. He get, he's going to get high just like Atzer did. Okay, so then we go back to Bora, Bora Bay's house and the families are eating dinner. And Asla is such a sweetheart. I I love this character. Like, he's so goofy and stuff like that. But the, at the end of the day, he, like, really cares. And he really tries to take care of his family. And I, I, I love him. I have, a, I have a soft spot for his shenanigans. So they're eating dinner and Aslan's being very attentive because th- he thinks Nigel is pregnant. Like one of the things is, oh, she well, she had pickles and he goes around. the He's like going to try to find some pickles and things like that. And then we get to the nighttime basketball scene where Celine and Ali came back with some baklava. And Bora basically kind of like takes Ali to the sidelines and he's like, hey, did you and Celine talk about something? Thinking that 
Celine told them that she was in a white marriage. And Celine tells Ada that she's going to tell Ali that she was married and that, she, and that he hopes he understands. And Celine is such a good friend. Celine is like, tells Ada, she's like, I will do this for you. And honestly, find yourself a BFF who will take one for the team for you. Even though, like, Celine doesn't have to, that's how much she loves Ada. And I really appreciate their friendship. They have one of my favorite friendships in Adizi. I love it so much. Yeah, they're so cute. And one of the things that Bora tells Ada again, she, that he's like, Celine needs to be honest with Ad, with Ali. It's like, Bora feels horrible for keeping the secret. And he tells Ada, he's like, doesn't your conscience feel horrible too? And you know that hit hard for Ada. Yeah, because she like crouches down. and Well, she like slinches down on the bench because yeah, like her conscience for weeks has been horrible. And it's, it is, it's like, Knowing that Celine told her, hey, I'm going to tell Ali that I've been married when Celine has never been married. We don't even know if Celine has, you know, been in a relationship before, but she's willing to go along with this lie in order to protect her best friend. Celine is such a good friend. I was just going to say, like, uh, best friends would take a bullet for you no matter what. And that's a friendship that will last for a lifetime. So she's ready, honestly, to just like, what? what's the next step? What do you need me to do? Basically. Uh, and honestly, like, I love their friendship so much. One thing I wanted to add before we, we end our coverage of the basketball scene is how hot did Jemory look in the outfit? I still go back and I rewatch that scene. Like, I have watched it a, I am un, un, like, I have no shame. I watched it so many times. I loved it when Bora sees her in that outfit. And Ali brought up a good point. She said that she's like, she was like basically fully closed, but that's just how mesmerized bora is by her beauty like whatever she's wearing she he's going to be so attracted to her yeah and honestly like her outfit hit different for me that was so hot we go back to the apartment and (laughs) uncle jay is drunk as f um and he's playing with some stone nail snails don't with a stone stone yeah did anybody else get like when he was dragging that stone snail across the wood floor i was like i would have i would have hurt this man if he did that to my wooded floors like he scratched the floors yeah but rusgar obviously doesn't care oh i so know it surprise me but yes uncle jay uncle jay could have taken a dump in, in the middle of the kitchen floor and and what's his name the skunk would have left it there for ada to clean up oh that's how horrible God. he is <laughs> Well, he puts him on the couch and covers him up. Wow, something nice he did. And is just talking crap. And then when Uncle Jay wakes up, he <laughs> scares Rusgard. Yeah, because Rusgard's like yes, talking. He likes, yeah, he's like talking crap about everything. And he thinks that like Uncle Jay heard him. And so he gets scared. Yeah, okay, did. Okay, I don't know why I thought this, but Rusgard reminded me of Justin Bieber. <laughs> like the, the way he looked. In that moment, like with the white, with the white um shirt, yes. he looked like Justin Bieber, and I'm attracted to Justin Bieber, so I was like, oh my god, Rusgar, like I hate you, dude. But the actor, the actor looked good in that scene. Yes, and one of the things that Rusgar tells, like I thought he like put some special concoction in there, but he mentioned he's like, I know how you get when you when you get a little liquor in you, like like dark liquor in you. He told that to Uncle Jay. Yeah, as like Jalal is like asleep on the couch. And, I'm just like, <laughs> and then Uncle Jay, he like gets up, like he like suddenly lifts his head up and he goes, huh? And then Rusgar, like he flinches back and he puts his hand on his chest because he got terrified. 
He was so terrified. And then Uncle Jay just goes back to sleep. So then we go back to the house where Ada is back sleep sleeping at Borobay's house. And my lovely Elif has a bad dream. And she asks basically um, Ada to come sleep with her. And this just broke my heart. She says that she was calling out to Ada. But Ada still left. Yeah. Can I just cry? Hold on. No. Like, see, I have, I think just Alif's voice and just the way she talks and just all, just her existence hits home to me and her. And like, imagine when Boro and Ada get, get married and they adopt Alif and they become one big happy family and... I've been saying that from the beginning. I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm so emotional about them getting adopting her. It's not even funny. It's going to be such a beautiful scene because like uh, Alif is finally going to have the full support system that she deserves because she really, she really, Alif, if we want to like touch into that really quick, Alif really felt like she wasn't getting the support she needs um, even before because like Bora, is, Bora was doing his best, but also he was always at work grandma wasn't really that attentive you know it's no one was like fully focused on her until the Ada family came through yeah and nobody really can understand more of Elif than Ada because Ada has lost her parents sorry listeners it's it's a sad episode today yes we're it's an emotional episode we're 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 full of breakdowns the AMI episode is gonna be me is a hopefully greater energy and we break down even more because then Bora has this conversation with his dad and it's um zafer is talking to bora about i guess it was the police chief who called him and you know was saying how bora helped their case so much in terms of catching the con artist and her team and he tells um he tells bora i told him that i was so proud of you and and I just want you to know, I'm very proud of you, son. And Bora is like full on, like he has tears in his eyes. He's about to break down. His dad is emotional. And it is such a beautiful scene. It's a powerful scene between a father and a son. And they haven't been, their relationship hasn't been the best, but it is improving. And it meant so much to Bora to, to hear his father tell him that he was proud of him. Especially because yeah. I think there has been some tension I guess maybe with their relationship, as that's what I take it as. There's like tension between Bora Bay and his father. Yeah, and I honestly think it's been a while since Bora's heard those words of affirmation from his dad, and that's why that's like Ali said has caused that tension. And so just him finally hearing that from his dad was probably just meant the world to him, and it leads us into a little bit later scene. But first, we just got to mention that. Aslan goes and scares Aunt Yasmin. Dude, I laughed. I kept replaying that scene because it was just so funny. Why was he so close to the end? And he was just like <laughs> whispering her name and not like waking her up. Like, it, like this reminds me when I used to like go wake up my parents when I got home late. I would never be that close. I, even like me just touching them and like shaking them, it would freak them out. But he was literally two an inch away from her and I could not stop laughing at that scene. That scene was just hilarious, but why did he wake her up again? He wanted to ask um, Aunt Yazine why um, the other Teze hasn't told him that she's pregnant. Uh, <laughs> poor He's like, why is she keeping it a secret from me? It's, they are such a great comedic duo because they're bo- they're like they're both crazier than each other. Um, so then we go into this beautiful scene. This absolute like this this entire episode just had me by the my non-existent heartstrings. <laughs> where where um 
Bora is telling Ada that, hey, my dad said he's proud of me and how, like, this is also Ada's achievement. Like, Bora really credits Ada and and her support with getting his dad's approval. And Ada, she's like, I'm just your employee. I was doing what I was told. And just the way, like, Bora is looking at her, just like you can tell on his face, he's like, really? That's that's all we are. You're just my employee. When, like, Bora thinks, like, their relationship has developed more than just boss and employee. and she she kind of just diminished it in that moment and he was just heartbroken by her words and Bora's just looking at her and completely heartbroken saying i just i hope you re i hope you reunite with your dreams one day how do we feel ladies how did we feel about that scene i that was, was like a dagger in the heart i'm just your employee excuse me she's trying to disassociate from from him so much that she's even like making their relationship less than what it is because they have such a powerful relationship they connect so well and she knows that but she's trying to disassociate from him and she's trying to make it seem like it was less than what it was and it's hurting boris so much and the only thing that he can tell her the only thing that i guess at that point that he was just like he felt like he could say to her after that was i hope that whatever dream it is that you you want from life i hope that you're able to reunite with it one day and uh, poor Ada just like you know cries and she just stares up at the stars and I think in that moment like I think when she was outside by herself I think she was talking to her parents because um in episode three she was when she was staring up at the stars and talking to her mom and her dad and I, I think that's what she was doing in that moment wow do you think her dream is Bora now I don't think her dream is Bora I, I think her I let hold on let me think let me think let me think how can I rephrase this hold I, on. I don't think her dream is Bora. I think her dream is still to become this writer. But I think what Marnie China t- Marnie is trying to say is that he will support her dream, unlike Ruzgar. And that's I think why Bora- she feels so guilty. I think Bora is that person that any woman or any man in general, when you think about a life partner, you think about the qualities that you're looking for. And you think about what it is that you want, who you want to live life with. And I think when she sees Bora now, she sees the person that she was she's meant to be with. She sees a person that she has always been dreaming of. And that's Bora. So when she sees him, she sees that perfect partner for her. But because of all the lies, because of all the, you know, the how how she's deceived him multiple times, she doesn't know how to to attain it. And it it it, it terrifies her that she's losing it. So she's pushing away from it. And she's trying to make it seem like they don't have much of a connection, which is why she told him, I'm just your employee. When she went on the website and she was, you know, posing as the ideal, uh, I think it's called ideal cotton, cotton, which is ideal woman. Bora mm-hmm. knows that she is his ideal woman and she knows that Boris is her ideal man. Um, but with all the lies, with everything that has happened, how could she possibly think that it could work after all of it? So she's pushing away from it. So I think... Bora and Ada, they just take turns like stabbing me in the heart. Bora gonna be stabbing me in the heart in one scene. Ada gonna be stabbing me in the heart in the other scene. It's just can constantly stab me in the heart. Then Marnie's stabbing me in the heart with her words. Sorry. The ideal woman and ideal man because it's so true and and she feels like she can't have her ideal man. No, she has has that skunk and it's that skunk. Like I just want to like when Ada was at that speech and she was saying like i just want to like scream at these people i just want to shake them by the shoulders and tell them fight for your dream like fight for that life that you want like 
Ada needs to look herself in the mirror. She needs to shake herself out of it. Like she needs to wake up and be like, no matter what problem comes your way, there's always going to be a solution to it. Like the most important thing in life is to try because there's always going to be something. There's always going to be a barrier that's going to try to keep you away from whatever dream you have, whatever goal that you want to achieve. But the most important thing that you can do for yourself is to try and to try to overcome because you're always going to live your life in what if. And then that's where that's why I think that when Ada was at the university is when she broke because she's like, what if like it's her life has been a big what if. And it'll continue to be so if she doesn't shake herself by the shoulders and and tell herself, you need to you need to take action. Like she always gives herself pep talks and she needs to give herself the biggest pep talk of all. I know. Dang, I, this episode got us, man. It got us too emotional. No, I know. It really it got us emotional, but also like it dived a lot deeper into the characters. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. But I think I think the reason why so many people were so affected by this episode. Well, one, yeah, because it's absolutely heartbreaking. But how many times, girls, how many times have we dropped one of our dreams for something that has come in our life? And there's going to be that one dream that you're, you haven't done or, or you're not doing because you're afraid. And so when Ada was going through all this, like I saw myself, like I, I could see my life coinciding what was currently happening with Ada. Um, and then I could see some similarities to what was happening with Bora because Bora's trying. Bora, he went from a man who told Ada not even that long ago that love was for love was nothing more than an illusion, that only people who believe in love are people who have their head in the clouds and who can't see reality or choose not to see reality. To a man who's like trying to be open with her, trying to have communication, running after her, doing what he he's supporting her, you know, telling her he's proud of her. All these things like this is a man so in love and, and he's showing it. I would want him to show a little bit more or say a bit more to make her a bit more comfortable with opening up. But now Ada's reversing into what Bora was in the earlier episode. Ooh, they've like switched roles, huh? Now she's she's pushing him away. She's pushing him away now. You just be like pulling on my heartstrings, babe. Sorry. Uh, if anybody wants to read my fanfic that I wrote, I kind of wrote a scene that was like that. Yes, <laughs> read Marnie's fanfic. Yes, read Marnie's fanfic for clear skin. Exactly. Again, sorry, people who are listening. It's it's a depressed state today. But the next day, uh, Ada decides to look for a new job. Um, she at least um, she has some good news. <laughs> Um, Aunt Yasmin tells Ada about the pregnancy, which she is a little bit happy about. Um, but then she, it kind of flash forwards in, or we kind of rewind, re forward, um, to actually getting the job at the small family restaurant. And then it goes to the office scene, um, where Bora and Chuche talk in his office and Bora tells, tells her that Ada has quit or that she will not be returning to the company. And of course, being this, I don't want to say snake, parasite. I don't like to give Slytherins a bad name, so that's why I call these bad people parasites. <laughs> um, play uh, plays it off like she oh, is so caring and that she'll miss Ada, but we all know her objective. She's like, "Oh yay, I have an obstacle out of my way, so I can be with Bora." Because Chuche knows that Bora is into Ada, so she's like, "Oh yay, my hurdles out of the way." But like GTFO, Chuche, um, aren't you with Ruzgard? Go with him. And then Saline shows up at the office, and she gets to meet Chuche, and. Uh, Sailing being the best friend that she is, claws come out. Let's just say claws are out. And then that's when um, Bora 
cause one of the personnel from HR to draft up the resignation documents for Ada so that she could come in that day to officially resign from her position. And Bora's like, I just want this done fast and quickly. I don't even want to see her. And it just hurts my, hurts my heart. And, um, and I'm wait, can I, is this, wait, can I say that Bora was in a polo in the scene, right? Yeah. Can I just say, I'm not a big fan of Bora in suits, but when he's in a polo, I dig it. Yes, I think his polos, I think suits make him look older than he really is. Yes. Well, polos are kind of more suitable for his age. But I also think maybe just like the um, the designers or the fashion people on the set, the suits kind of don't fit to Bora. They're like not suited to him. I, I, not I, noticed. A, I need to take another look at them. Now I'm curious. I think the reason why he was in a polo, because Bora has always been in suits. You only ever see him look comfortable when he's at home. I think the reason why he showed up in a polo was because he probably just did not have the energy to fully get ready. Like, this man is depressed. You, you really got to make the polos depressing now, too? No, wow, like, really. This, like, sorry. exactly. No, like, he can't even get dressed correctly because <laughs> of this. No, I'm just saying because Bora, okay, hold up, hold up. He looks good, like, as heck like Bora could pull off any look he could be wearing clothes he could be wearing that robe that he wore when he was showering he could be wearing nothing and I won't complain but it was just like I just noticed that when he was wearing that polo like he's always wearing suits he's always like you know really paying close attention to the way that he's presented but it just so happened that day that he got into that big fight with Ada the day that she quit the day that his heart broke the next day he couldn't be bothered with fixing himself like he he didn't have the energy because who's gonna fix his shirt for him Otto used to do that oh <laughs> oh before Otto can go to the office to sign her papers she goes back to the house um back to the apartment apologies and she sees Ruzar there and uncle jay and they're talking and uncle jay asks why there are no couple photos and um uh, Autumn making up an excuse and like she's crying, fake crying basically. It's like we couldn't afford it at the time, and you know, like like it, it, it triggered her talking about wedding photos, and then she just snaps out of it and she's like, "That's why." Basically, like she stops the act, and and I I was just laughing at that moment. And she's like the way she turns it on, like the way she turns it on and off is freaking hilarious. <laughs> and then that's when Uncle Jay like he's like, "Oh wow, like this is so sad." He's like, "Wait." But isn't your husband a photographer? And then Ada and Rosgar are like, oh, oh, we are. Like, he, I am a photographer. He's like, oh, but it's just, I, I just couldn't do it, sir. Like, I just couldn't do the photos and I don't know what. And Uncle Jay just feels so bad that he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take you guys to go get your photos done. I'm going to pay for it. Like, this will be my gift to you guys. And then they have to go take these horrible photos um, at this, what, like a, photo place i don't know that or the man though that was taking the photos was making me laugh because i don't know if you noticed ray ray but when he was taking the first photo he wasn't even he didn't even have the the camera like centered on them like because he's an older man and so i guess he couldn't see clearly and like uncle jay had to like you know reposition him and ada just her facial expressions during this photo shoot were hilarious they were the same facial expressions that um Ozan and Estra had during their photo shoot. <laughs> oh yeah, like they did not want to be there, and Rosgar did not want to be there either. And no, but then they, but then when Ada was coming out, like 
she had that fantasy of her coming down to meet Bora. And that was from, oh my god. And that ties us back to the trailer because that's yeah. from, from like the teaser trailer. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my god, this is how this scene is going to look when they finally get married. And that's when I cry. Like this is that this is what I'm saying. Like this is her I Bora is her is her ideal man. Like Bora is the man that she has always envisioned for herself. And for her to already see, I think it's very I, I think it says a lot for her to she's not even in a relationship with Bora. For her to see marriage with him, right? Like she knows that this is her person. Like, I just want to tell her, like, Ada, like, stop. Like, okay, we get it. You lied, and they're big lies, but you need to be truthful now. Like don't let these lies ruin something that could be your forever. Yes, completely agree. It just I just wanna I just wanna jump into the show and be like, hey, you might be dealing with some difficult times, but he will forgive you. And if he doesn't, can I have a shot with them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. I want Ada and Bora together. Like I if K, like I want them to get like though that's my ultimate, ultimate. Like I think from all the DZs I've ever seen, and this says a lot. This says a lot. Ray Ray, you know, you know this is gonna say a lot. Ray Ray, what's my favorite DZ ever? Bath Oinu. No. <laughs> Ray Ray, before that. SCK. Ray Ray, are you kidding me? Ray Ray, what the hell? Hold on. I'm wait, I don't remember. Ray Ray, what? I your favorite DZ's Aussie? I forgot what your favorite DZ. You forgot was. what my favorite DZ was? Are you kidding me right now? I'm such a bad wifey. You are what the my ideal woman just broke my heart, man. What the I heck? know. Oh, well, Ali's using the restroom, but Ali would say Ash lofted Alamans. Is, is my... it really? Yes, and I told you this. Maybe that's why I don't remember because because I hated this. Oh yeah, you you hate you hate Murat, but that's my favorite Daisy. So I am a huge ALA fan. I've watched that Daisy I think four to five times in a year. Like back to back, like once I ended, I started again. But this show is just, it is becoming like my top. Like I love this show so much. And like, I'm so invested in these characters. And I just want Ada and Bora to be together because they are perfect for one another. And it just breaks my heart that now that Bora's like, come, like meeting, he's like jumping, like he is meeting her halfway. But now she's the one pulling back. And it's just, it's so sad. All I want to tell them is to get married and make babies. And invite us to the wedding. Yes. We we will fly to Turkey. We will do it. Okay, where so, did we leave off? I don't know. We just had a whole like couple I know, we're, discussion. We're, um, um Oh, it was uh the wedding. I mean the yeah, photos. Yeah, so we after we move on from the photos, Ada is just like someone calls Ada from the company that she needs to come and sign some papers and she just kind of leaves in the middle of the session and goes to the company. But when the oh, one of the things that happens before she goes to the company is that on their way to the photo session, is they need to go get rings because Jalal Bay is like, why don't you guys have wedding rings on? And I was like, eh. Ada makes up an excuse, and Jalal is like, no, stop and stop and get wedding rings and make sure each other's names are written in them. And okay. they do that before they go to the photo session. And when Ada finally gets to the company, she she realizes she still has her ring on, and. Bora Bay is coming and she can't for the life of her take her ring off. And that's when but, he asks her because she's hiding the ring, like like she's hiding her um her ring finger behind her back. And Bora's like, Did you hurt your hand? And she's like, uh no, it's it's yoga. 
It's like, what? <laughs> her excuses that she comes up with. I love her. I love her excuses that she comes up with just because I feel like it just describes her innocence and she's she's Aww. such a cinnamon roll. She really is. Oh, but the, that one girl, the receptionist girl, I think she was the one who pointed out the ring. And then that's how Ada noticed. Yes. So she, ooh, we already that girl already knows something's up. Yep. And basically, so then Ada takes the papers. And Bora's, like, kind of just mad to see her. He's like, go sign the papers. She's like, I want to go sign them at my desk. You know, just for for, memory, for old time's sake. And Ada goes and takes the papers. And she's, as she's walking to her desk, she's still trying to take off her ring. And it kind of finally comes off and flies off her, her hand. And she's going under the, under, like, this bookshelf type thing to try to take it. And Bora's like, what are you doing? She tells him, she's like, oh, no, I wasn't doing anything. Um, And she's like, oh, I'll, I'll sign the papers right now. And he's just, like, looking at her because she's, like, she's about to sign the papers. And he notices that she has, like, a string from when she was wearing, like, that headband when she was taking those wedding photos. And she has, like, a little piece of, like, that string. And it looks like party string or something. And he's like, oh, he's like, bye, bye, bye. He's like, so, he's like, you were out having fun. And she's like, what? And like he leans in and he grabs that string and he's like, so he's like, so you've been like partying or he's like, you've been celebrating. And she's like, oh, no, like that's from the roof like that. I didn't have that when I walked in here. I must have got it here. So he's hurt again because he's thinking to himself, like, I'm over here completely heartbroken. And this girl was out partying. So he now gets upset. And I think that's why he was cold to her because when she finishes signing those um documents the resignation documents she tells him like oh like you know the the job that i have um maybe we'll get we'll see each other at my next job maybe you'll come and visit me and he tells her no like that he won't like he won't go visit her and she's now she's heartbroken now she's hurt and that handshake that they had where they were just staring at each other and the 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 their fingers lingering a little bit and it flicking off like oh my god like honestly to me like that is just pure poetry like I was so emotional after that scene and here I am thinking I'm like what are you guys talking about you're all about to see each other at night at the house <laughs> actually and I, when you told me that maybe you're like why is why is it like he's gonna see her at the house like why are they acting like they're not gonna see each other i'm like oh i'm like oh that's right i'm over here crying i'm like oh wait yeah they are gonna see each other yes and so then we flash to ali tells bora that ada started working at a restaurant and he says the name briefly bora tells ali he doesn't care yeah because because why um, you always lying <laughs> why then you lying why you always lie yeah because he like shakes it off he's like oh, i don't care ali like ali said like he said the name of the restaurant very briefly bora shuts it down he's like i don't care i don't want to hear about ada anymore like she's gone from the company like that's it and ali's like oh like okay bro like that's it and then we cut to ada being on her first shift at the restaurant and she looks so cute in her little waitress uniform. And she's being an amazing waitress because she's an amazing worker. And the phone rings. And the manager of the restaurant or the owner of the restaurant, like, you know, you know, signals to Ada to answer the phone. So she does. And she's like, Merhaba, hello. The person on the other end isn't saying anything. And I was screaming. I was like, that's Bora. I'm like, Bora just called her. Like, Bora called to check in to see if Ada was really working at that restaurant. And Bro, 
Can I just say, I thought it was Tuche. No, how did you think that was Tuche? I thought she was trying to get, like, show Bora, like, oh, like, humiliate, humiliate her. I thought no, it, it was just, like, a wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when it, it went from Ali and Bora having that conversation about Ada getting that new job and Ali naming the restaurant, and it cuts to Ada being at the restaurant and the phone rings. So in my head, I was just like, it's not a coincidence. There's no way this is a coincidence that the person, a person's on the other end, not not speaking at all. It, and I was like, this is Bora. Like Bora called to check if Ada was really there at the restaurant. And when he, when, you know, he hears her voice and she doesn't hear any, anybody. So she hangs up and he calls again. And the owner this time is the one who answers. And then you just see the owner like nod his head. He's like, okay. And it then we find out that that person who called made a reservation at the restaurant. And it's a very important person. And the owner's like, we're going to shut down the restaurant for, for everybody else. And we're just going to attend this, um, this like meeting. Like these people that are coming, we're just going to attend to them. And Ada has she doesn't know who it's going to be. Like, nobody knows. They just know it's going to be somebody important. So innocent. She really is. My baby. And, and then that's when Bora shows up at the restaurant. And even Tukche is like, why are we here? Like, this is a very unusual place to have, like, a work meeting. And Bora, like, if you girls, like, notice, he's looking around the restaurant. Like, when they enter, he's looking around. When he sits down, he's looking around. And... That's when Tuxi's like, this is a really weird place to have like a work meeting, but I guess like this is where you wanted to be. But the people that they were with, like the people that they were meeting with, who I think they're like trying to maybe strike some some sort of deal with, actually like the restaurant. They said, oh yeah, this is this is different, but we actually really like this. Like it's it's di- it's a good different. So they're sitting down with the clients, and Ada comes out with a tray of food. And they turn, Borobe turns and obviously makes eye connection with Ada and she drops her tray, which by the way, I thought that's where they were going to leave us hanging. I wasn't expecting it to continue because it was like a cliffhanger kind of thing, but uh, they wanted to hurt us some more and proceeded while Bora got up and helped Ada right away to help her pick up. And what Ada is like, She's like wondering what Borobe is doing here. She's he's like, oh, a business meeting. She's like, business meeting, really? She goes into thinking that tu, tu, Tuche is the one who found out she was working there and came into and got Bora to go there to see how Ada is working there at the restaurant. And Bora is kind of like staring at her and staring at her. And Ada can kind of tell that it wasn't really Tuche. And she's like, you know what? Tell me, it was a co- tell me it's a coincidence that you're not here and I'll believe you. And he says this line, which is iconic to me. And he's like, nothing in life is a coincidence. He's like, I wanted to meet with my business associates. I, um, I made the reservation myself. In other words, I could not stand up being even a minute by you. Like, I need to be next to you all the time. And, oh, my, I was just like, he didn't directly tell her. Like, he didn't directly say, like, yeah, I'm here to see you. But, like, just, I mean, he didn't need to. Like, this isn't a coincidence. I wanted, I made the reservations. I wanted to meet here. And I think this really flusters Ada. Don't you think he's being kind of spiteful? Because I think what Ada said is true. He's like, she's like, you want to show me what I lost, huh? That's what she is. That's what she's assuming. That's what she assumed is the reason why he came. But that's not why he he came. 
I think that's why he went a little bit because he's just a little bit upset and he wants to be spiteful. So he wants to like like show her what kind of she lost and why. But and what did she lose? Him? Her chance to be like a, a writer. writer and to like meet with the big people and kind of continue her writing career. Okay, I see what you're saying, Ray. I don't think that he did it to be spiteful. I think he just did it to show her this is your place is is by my side. Like this should have been you, not Tukche, because they think that Tukche was yeah. The since she's the editor in chief, because oh yes, you're correct. Those people start talking to Tukche and Bora about the recent article that their newest writer wrote and how they loved it. And that's when they're like, wait, what was her name again? What was her name again? And then Ada, she's, she's right there. She's like, oh, Ada Toz, I think Ada Tozun. And yeah. that's when Bora's like, oh, how do you how do you know her? And that's when Ada finds out like that those people were a really big fan of her work and her words. But Ada's not telling them that that's her. I think you're right, Marty. I don't think it's actually a, for him being spiteful. I think it's kind of him in a non-physical way, giving her, giving her a slap in the face. like what are you doing this is this is your calling these people love your writing you shouldn't be sitting here waiting the table yeah the way the you being a waitress is not your dream which by the way i would have just maybe i have a feeling like i wish she would have gotten a job maybe somewhere that is comparable that would make Bora like oh i get it but he does he's like i don't I see what you're doing and this is not it. But like if she had another job where she was working for like a secretary or something, you know, at a different company, then he could have saw it. But with her just being a waitress, he's saying you're fool. You're not fooling me. Yeah, that's that's what it is. He's like, now that she has had like a taste into what it is to write a successful article, right? What it is to have an audience appreciate your work. It's like, why go back? Like, why go back to what you were doing before when that's not your calling? Your calling is to become a writer and it's to write and it's to have your work be put out there and have people appreciate your work. So him going there and having Tukche there, he didn't mean he didn't mean bad by it. He just wanted to show her like your place is beside me in this meeting that you're supposed to be a part of that you're choosing to you're choosing to let this opportunity pass you by. And so how Rebe was saying, it's like giving her like that, that reality. It's like that reality check. It's like, no, like, what are you doing? Like, wake up. Like, you're supposed to be here. Yes, I, I completely agree. Oh, and then that's, that's when she spills. So I believe Tuche says something like probably says some rude comment. I don't remember exactly what she says. But Ada, it gets Ada mad and Ada spills water on Tukche's dress. And then Tukche gets upset. She tells Ada, follow me to the restroom. And in the restroom, Tukche tells Ada, like, like, you're just jealous that I'm here with Bora Bay. And she's just like basically telling Ada that Ada's, ba Ada's back to where she was. She's supposed to be. And Ada's like, I don't care. Like, you can have whatever you want. Like, I don't care. And that's when Ada leaves Tukche. And she's going back uh, into the kitchen or like just back into the restaurant. And that's when Bora sees her. So Bora sees her. He gets up. He asks her again why she gave up on her dreams. And they're like bantering back and forth. And then she pulls out her um, like pad to write orders on. And I believe she was going to write his order, correct? Yeah, because she's like, oh, did you want something? Like, I'll, I'll, like Yeah, she's trying else? to play it off like they don't know each other. And she's like, why? Like, okay, what would you like to eat? And she whips out the pen that he gave her. 
the lucky charm, as Ray puts it. And you could just see like how sad um, Bora is. And he takes the pen and basically says, this pen isn't for for this moment. This pen is for someone who ne- who is a writer or who has their dreams, who's to follow their dreams. Something to that effect is how I took it. Yeah, he it's because he tells it. He's like, I gave you this pen. He's like, not for this purpose. Like this pen isn't was never meant for you to be taking someone else's lunch orders. This pen was to be used to work on your art, to to write, to follow your dreams. And this is where this broke me. She's like, you're right. And she's like, so therefore you should take it back. And that's when he, oh my God, that's when he like pulls her away and he leads her away from the restaurant. So he takes her out of the restaurant and basically like giving her one more chance. Tell me what's up. Like this is your moment. And um, it cuts to the end of the episode. And maybe she was possibly going to reveal the truth. It cuts like when she's like, I think she says like Bora Bay. And it looks like she's about to say something. And yeah, she, they really st- go ahead, Marnie. She's like, she's like, Bora Bay, I, and he's like, yes, she's like, Bora Bay, like, and she's like, she's stuttering with her words. She's so nervous. She keeps saying like, I, I, he's like, yes, like, what is it? Like, tell me. And then it shows, it cuts to Tuche because Tuche comes out of the restroom and Tuche like sees them and she hides behind like the stairs or something because she's going to be nosy and listening to their conversation. It cuts back to Ada and Bora. And he's just staring at her so intently. And she's looking up at him terrified. And we're like, everybody's like at the edges of seat being like, say it, Ada. Like, tell him, like, we don't know what what she's going to say. We don't know if she's going to be truthful with him in this moment um, or what truth she's going to tell him. But we just know that there's a possibility that she's going to tell him something. And then that's where it ends. And it ends on such a cliffhanger. Yes. And that just leads us into the fragments that we got for this week so we are filming this on saturday night and we have two fragments so far we have two fragments actually in the summary oh yeah we got the summary yeah and so so starting from the summary it's just ada comes back to work and but i don't think she comes back to work to work for bora she i think she's coming based on the summary it looks like she's coming back to work for tuche because they're some interesting fr- frenemies and Bora is just like upset with Ada being there uh he gives them an impossible assignment where they have to get an interview with this famous superstar and they do it they get the interview and that's when Bora Bay's best look seems like it comes out jealousy oh yeah he gets really jealous because Ada's interviewing um what it shows in the fragments that Ada's interviewing that guy that's coming in that celebrity and i think she asked him like oh what are your plans for the day or something along that that line like what are your plans or something and he's like well i can't really say it here right doesn't he say something like that yeah he's being mm-hmm. all secretive and bora bay does not like that yeah bora's but like he bora claps his hand he's like no say it say it right now say it everybody right here say it right now be open with it and like even tuche is looking at bora like what the heck and it's like bora is going to kill this man he, we're gonna see so much of Jealous Bora in the next episode, and I can't wait. And honestly, I like it when Tuche and Otter are being friends. Yeah, but can they stay friends? Can they, they like, I don't want this frenemies thing. Like, I know it adds drama, and you know it, but I personally would love to just have them be friends and just have Ruzgar be the one to be the evil one. I yeah, know. I'd rather have Tuche's intentions be better than they are. Ooh, and we did a poll because. We wanted to 
see what the fandom thought like who the fandom thought was like the more evil more toxic character um whether it be Ruzgar or Tukche and it was an overwhelming difference so the fandom said it was a let me check let me check so we put we made a poll and it was which character does the fandom think is more toxic 86% said that Ruzgar is more toxic and 13% said Tukche was. And there was a lot of comments like that were so well thought out or, you know, that explained Ruzgar's character so well. Um, one of our friends, Bex, her ad is, what's a Bex 10? Um, she said that Ruzgar is a perfect example for a taker that and never gives he's manipulative manipulative constantly gaslights ada doesn't love tuche but sees her as a step on the ladder um which is that tuche is more beautiful more successful more talented and that he puts all of the blame on ada but he takes all of the victory and that he's controlling and a stalker and all everybody kept saying like the same thing like just how toxic ruzgar is uh, but there was a few people who were giving some examples of why Tukche would be more toxic. And it's just that Tukche is the one who's manipulating the manipulator, which is Ruzgar. And which, Ooh. yeah, when I was like, oh, like, that is true. But I think that the reason why she's able to manipulate him is because she's using her looks. She's using her success, her beauty. And Ruzgar is lusting after that. Yes. I don't even think Ruzgar just... Ruzgar he doesn't also, he, he, doesn't, he, he, he looks at her, he just thinks she's beautiful. That's what it is. And only knows her from work. And from that first kiss they ever had that he thought he had a chance. Yeah, I, I, I hate how Ruzgar is just like, it's, it's just, he's just, he, he's honestly the worst. He really is. Like the stalking, the threatening. Our friend Isha at Sea Love Drama, she said that, both Tukche and Ru and Ruzgar are people who put other who put others down um in order to feel superior, but that she feels that the thoughts of Ruzgar and him being so manipulative and lying are far worse when you compare them to what Tukche has done. So it's just the fandom, just like there is an overwhelming percentage who really like, yeah, Ruzgar is definitely just way more toxic, but. Tukche is definitely a dangerous character as well. Just not when you compare her to to Ruzgar. Ruzgar is just the absolute worst. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ruzgar like gaslights it. I was about to say Edda. Um, Guslar, Gu Ruzgar, <laughs> Ruzgar gaslights Ada, and that is just like one of the most disgusting things that a person can do. Well, yes, Tuche is manipulating the manipulator. He, I don't think her actions have gone as far as Ruzgar's yet. No, because Ruzgar has been physically um, aggressive with Ada. It, and I think on two occasions where he'll like grab her by the forearm to keep her from leaving. Um, and he threatens her constantly. And I think he threatened Tuche once before. I don't exactly remember when it was. Or what? What he's blackmailing Tuche. Oh, there, yeah. But do you remember what what it was that he was blackmailing her with? Because Tuche is the one who paid the dude at the restaurant episode oh, one for yeah. the video. For the video, yes. And he's like and he, black blackmailing Tuche to be with her. I forgot how he knew that. I think because he he looked at her phone. He, yeah, he found it on her phone. He went in on her phone. Oh, and he. Oh my god! And here we go. He 
not only has he been physically violent with Ada, but with with Tukche when he dropped the hot coffee on her and he burnt her to get her phone. Yeah, Ruskari is like he's dangerous. He this man's he, very very dangerous. He was a psychopath. Yeah, so you know, thank you to everyone who voted on the poll and who commented we really appreciate all of your thoughts and opinions and you know we love we love reading your comments that you guys sent to us we really appreciate all of the engagement and if anybody has any other comments or maybe anything that they would want us to talk about during the podcast that we could you know we could take into consideration i i like i like being able to have like these little conversation pieces because it's interesting to know like how some people thought Ruzgar's a bit oh Ruzgar's more dangerous or Tuchay's more dangerous and just see like that those different viewpoints most yeah, definitely definitely if you guys have any interesting topics of conversation or like topics you guys want us to discuss on the podcast just let us know we'd love to talk about them yeah and you yep. know where to find us at Dizzy Vibes on Twitter and you can even email us Dizzy Vibes Podcast at gmail.com I think that wraps it up as we've discussed as much as we can of this. Again, like I said, we s- we're sorry that it was an emotional ride. Um, we're happy you all joined in if you're still listening. We just want to say again, thank you so much. We have an announcement, however. Um, or girls, do you want to say anything else adding on to the episodes? I know we have a big episode coming up, and I think it's going to be more comedic this time around. Um, leading into Haley's announcement, I'm going to miss you all. Yes, Ray is taking a vacation and she will be overseas for a couple weeks. So unfortunately, Marnie and I will be without our third co-host and we are very sad about it. However, yeah. um, we hope she has a safe trip. Um, safety, yes, definitely. And fun. Um, how? But Ray, you said that you'll send us your either voice recordings or texts to us so you can still give your opinions about the episodes. Um, so we'll definitely, you will not be, um, we will. You uh, you will be with us in spirit, spirit because yes. we'll be reading your opinions, whatever scenes that were your favorite that you want to give commentary to. We'll make sure to like read them, and you still will be with us in spirit. Oh, already in spirit here. We do this over Google Meets. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll definitely be missed. And uh, Marnie and I have some things planned for those weeks that what Ray will be on vacation on so get ready for that we'll be dropping those announcements on the tl and uh just to keep in mind again we are um because we are in the states i don't i just want to remind the time that we drop the episode might be the previous day we just want to let you guys know that we will drop it the day we say we'll drop it it's just our time so when you probably receive it's probably the following day i just wanted to make that known yes and with all of that we love you all and see you for AMI. See you for AMI. Can't wait for you to come by with us. Bye. Talk to you guys later. I love you guys. And I love Bora Bay. And I love iTouch. And, and Ray, I'm going to miss you. We're going to miss you, Ray Ray. We miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs>